and welcome to the midweeks. This is Pastor Rob. We're looking at Romans, Romans chapter 10. Uh, Paul is explaining um, this concept of uh, the Israelites of his day not entering into salvation because of seeking a justification by works, by works of the law, and rejecting God's offer of justification by Christ through faith in Christ. And so um, he is going to continue talking about this, and he's going to specifically be focusing on um, hearing the message of Christ and believing. So starting in verse 14, this is what he says. He says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without some preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what has been heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So why does Paul start off by saying, how will they call on him and whom they have not believed? Well, the previous verse uh, has been one of Paul's key ones. He says, for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this verse is really important to him for a few reasons. Number one, because it emphasizes um, Jesus. Who is saved? It's those who call on the name of the Lord. And in this case, the Lord is referring to Jesus Christ. One of the great um, signs of how highly uh, the Christians of the New Testament thought of Jesus is that they took the name Lord, who was referring to Yahweh of the Old Testament, and they began to call Jesus Lord, uh, meaning they were worshiping him as God. They were treating him as the Lord of the Old Testament. And so it's those who call in the name of the Lord that will be saved. So it's personal. It's about Jesus. It's not just about doing something or keeping a rule. It is a relational faith. They call in the name of the Lord that they will be saved. But it also emphasizes that it's not a work of the law. Who's saved? Well, people who do this and that and this and that and this and that. No. It's those who call on the name of the Lord in faith. And so he's I'm going to take this next little passage to emphasize that it isn't by works of the law that people are saved, but instead hearing um, the message of Christ and responding in faith. So he says, he's asking these questions, saying, how are they supposed to believe or call on him unless they believe? Well, they need to believe. How are they to believe in him unless they've heard something? Well, I guess they need to hear something. How are they supposed to hear something unless someone preaches to them? Well, I guess there needs to be a preacher. And how is there to be preaching unless somebody's sent? Well, I guess somebody needs to be sent. So it all starts off with this is how God is saving people in human history. You know, the last chapter we looked at God's sovereignty over salvation. Now we're looking at kind of God's activity in the world to bring about that salvation. And it all starts with a preacher being sent, which is contrary to a law being kept. A preacher is sent, he preaches, people hear, and they hear, and they believe, and they call in the name of the Lord, and that's how they're saved. They confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, and they believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, and they are saved. And this is where it all starts. It starts with God sending a preacher. And then he asks, and so, and then, sorry, he goes to a quotation from the Old Testament again, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. And he hears this um, anticipation of the gospel from the Old Testament that um, people coming to bring good news, um, they're, they're so beautiful that they came, and especially their feet. It's kind of like the sign that they came a distance to report something to you. And then, but then he asks this counter question. He says, but have they, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who's a believed what had he has heard from us 
So even as he's painting this picture, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. And that's how people are saved. The word of Christ comes to people through preaching and they believe and are saved. He says, even though the word comes to them, sometimes they still don't believe. Not everyone has obeyed the gospel. All do not obey the gospel. Notice again, Paul using the word obey instead of respond to or believe. In the mind of the spirit, in the mind of Paul, um, there's a humongous overlap between obedience and faith, faith and obedience. And so when the gospel message is preached, it's preached as a, um, we are sinners, we're guilty before God, we need to turn to Jesus and be saved and follow him. Excuse me. And the call is, the command is, turn to God through Christ to be saved. And if we believe, we do that. We obey the gospel message to turn and be saved. And if we don't believe, we don't do that. And we don't turn and aren't saved and instead are looking to something else to make us righteous, whether it's some kind of law or some kind of philosophy or some kind of Um, selfishness or whatever it is. We turn to something to make us good people instead of calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in order to be saved. So a couple things to note in this passage, the importance of speaking the message. Paul just says, you know what, if people aren't speaking the gospel, if people aren't calling people to the gospel, if evangelism never happens, if teaching never happens, uh, God's enterprise of salvation fails. And so there's this primacy for the church. Our existence really is to send speakers of the word of God through evangelism, through teaching. Um, And yes, it includes acts of mercy. That's right. But the acts of mercy are there to make way for the speaking, as well as to complement the speaking when people are in need. But the, the church fails when we give up on speaking the gospel. We don't see anyone saved when we don't speak the word so that people can believe and then respond in faith in calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Note also, please, how Paul can move from one chapter saying salvation is God's activity, he's the Lord over it, he can harden hearts, he can soften hearts, he's working on creating these vessels of mercy um, who see the holiness of God on display as he has wrath against the vessels of wrath, and in the next chapter, he can say, people need to go so that people can hear, so that people can believe, so that people can call in the name of the Lord. And he doesn't see these things as distinct. He doesn't see them as two separate things. There really are perspectives on how God works in the world. There's the human perspective of human history happening, and there's also the divine perspective of God accomplishing his eternal purposes. And we're meant to hold these things together, not play one against the other. They're, they're, they're both true. They complement each other. But note here the particular emphasis on seeing that contrary to a life of law, contrary to works righteousness, is this other way that God is saving people, which is um, the message being sent, this, the message being heard, the message being believed, and then obedience looking like turning and calling on the name of the Lord for salvation. So, hey, if you're listening to this and you've never called on the name of the Lord to be saved, um, I want to call on you to do that. Human beings live in a fallen world and we're part of the problem. God's word says that we have sin in our heart that comes out through our speech, that comes out through our 
actions, but it starts in our heart, in the very core of us. And the, the, the deepest part of our sin is that we don't want to honor God. We don't want to say, you're God, and I'm your creature, and I, I'm, I'm here to serve and obey you. We want to be independent, and we want to have our own glory apart from him. And the scripture says that, you know, the just, righteous uh, response from God towards that should be destruction. But God loves us, and unwilling that any of us should perish, he sent his own son Jesus to suffer the consequences of our rebellion, to absorb the punishment for us that when we believe in him, we are given this gift of a right relationship with God. We're given this free gift of having our guilt and our sin taken away because of Jesus. And we get this Lord who loves us and will lead us through this life. We get a spirit that's in our hearts to transform us, to change us into people that we aren't and make us the people God wants us to be. And it all starts in believing the message that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and was raised from the dead and lives now as the Lord over the universe as God's Christ and Messiah. And if, if, uh, if you need to come to Jesus, I want to encourage you to do that. You can just do it wherever you are. You can call on his name. You can say, Jesus, save me. I give my life to you. Save me. I believe in you. And you know what? God is alive and he will hear you and he will respond. So if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you to remember that part of our existence is helping people hear that message. We're here to help people hear that message, not alone. Uh, we're called to love people, to be church family, to care about each other. But the core of how God is saving people in the world is that they hear the gospel, they hear the message of Christ. And by God's grace, they respond with faith in Jesus, and that's how they're saved. So be blessed, believe in the Lord, love your neighbor, and do good. Enjoy your day.